0: If you choose solo practice it can be lonely at times and maybe you don't want to call a colleague down the street you want to call a colleague across the country and if you can get involved in an organization and get to know people on that real personal level where you can have that network of people that you can reach out to to help support you during the good times and the challenging times in your practice Mm -hmm. it's gold
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Grant Stevens. Welcome to The Technology of Beauty where I have the opportunity to interview the movers and shakers of aesthetic surgery, aesthetic medicine, and all things beauty. Today I'm so happy to welcome Sue Dykema to The Technology of Beauty. She's the Executive Director of the Aesthetic Society, the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Welcome Sue.
0: Thank you for having me today.
1: It's such a pleasure
0: great to be here.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you. We've had a few moments here before the show and I want everyone to get to know who you are and what the Aesthetic Society is all about. So let's start by, would you tell me again, just... A little bit about your background. How did you get to be the executive director? Where'd you start?
0: Where'd I start? Um, Many years ago, I worked for a company uh, that provided audio and video recording services for medical society meetings. And the Aesthetic Society was actually one of my clients. Mm -hmm. And after 13 years of traveling and we did 125 medical meetings a year, I decided it was time for something new and that I'd actually love to work for a medical society. Uh, And here in Southern California, not a lot of options for Mm -hmm. medical societies. Most are based in Chicago or DC So I called Debbie Toombs who's still with the organization. I said hey any chance I could uh, interview with you and uh, She hooked me up with Bob Stanton and I went in and was interviewed and was hired by the Aesthetic Society And that was 24 years ago.
1: 24 years you've worked with Aesthetic Society. Yeah. Now, You started in one position, and um, how long have you been actually the executive director?
0: I've been the executive director since 2010. So So we're coming up
1: on your uh, 10-year anniversary. What did you do before you were the executive director?
0: Uh, Before that, I was the deputy executive director, and uh, when I was hired at the Aesthetic Society, I read through the policy manual, and I saw that there was a deputy director role outlined in the policy manual but it was a vacant position so I set a goal for myself and said well in five years I'd like to have that role so and five years into my term with the aesthetic society I went to Bob Stanton and I said I'd like to be considered for this particular position and he said to me when the stars align uh-huh. and I kind of went away and went "Well, okay I'm not sure what that means but I'll wait and see what happens so it's so a few months later i was uh, the board decided that that was a a good move, and they voted to elevate me into that role so
1: And then uh, 10 years ago this month, this August, uh, you became our executive director. Yeah, Bob Stanton
0: retired and I had the opportunity and I was very blessed. I had uh, built great relationships with the leadership over that period of time. And um, they felt like I was ready for the role. Bob Stanton was supportive of me moving into that role. So I had the opportunity to to step right in without really going through a, a big search process, which was great.
1: That's terrific. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about where the offices are, how many employees you have, and give them a little feel for what the Aesthetic Society actually looks like from an administrative point of view?
0: Sure. So, um, well, right now we're in COVID, so we're all kind of working from home, but we are based out of Garden Grove, California, and the society does own our our building. It's about 13,000 square feet, and we typically have in that office around 23-24 staff members, mm-hmm. and then we have other staff members across the country. Um, In fact, just this week, um, we closed our New York communications office that we had there since 2000. And now that whole team that was based out of New York, they all work from home now on a regular basis. That was part of our plan before COVID. Mm -hmm. But now that has become a reality. So, But we have staff members uh, in the New York area. We've got staff in Tennessee, in North Carolina, in Pennsylvania. Uh, in Missouri, so we're spread out across the country and we have about 33 staff members right That's now.
1: That's what I was wondering, what our total yeah. staff member.
0: Yeah. How many
1: members do we have in the Aesthetic Society of, as of now, international and national, and give uh, us a about, kind of feel for that.
0: About 2,200 yeah. active members who are actively practicing. Plastic surgeons. We have about 700 life members and those are surgeons who have been members of the Aesthetic Society and since retired Mm -hmm. and are no longer in active practice. And then we have a very uh, robust resident program which is very exciting for us. We have about 650 residents who are enrolled in our residence program and that's that's really our future.
1: And that's growing.
0: And growing, yes.
1: And women and, and women, women, are women, growing, women, young are members, growing. and everything.
0: Yeah, and and the course. society, you know, in this in this time, we also are looking at the diversity of our membership and and gathering some data right now on that, and and looking forward in terms of being more inclusive in our with our organization and That's really terrific. helping develop that sense of community. That's that
1: absolutely have. terrific. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about our relationship and your particular relationship with industry. How how does it work with the Aesthetic Society and, and the aesthetics industry, if you will?
0: Well, you know, I, I've always cherished the relationships I have with industry. Um, we are all in this space together. We need to work well together. We need to communicate This is a relationship business. Aesthetics is very relationship oriented. And I think it's incredibly important for our leaders, our staff to have relationships with industry. It's how we grow our space. It's how we innovate in our space. And as you know, we have a leadership training program where we've included industry in that from the Mm -hmm. very beginning. And that's been a really important aspect and something I'm really excited about that we do in terms of really cultivating those relationships and providing opportunities for both our members and industry to come together and really uh, get to know each other well. It helps grow our space.
1: Could you expand a little bit more on that? What does that look like? I think our members and maybe industry do not quite understand just that yeah. that meeting. Could you expand a little bit more? Yeah, What's that sure. look like?
0: Uh, well, the leadership training meeting is really... Um, uh, kind of an immersive experience where we get together a, sco- a small group. It's usually 15 members who there's an application process you're selected and then we get three members uh, from industry and usually they're higher level involved in in the companies at a various level and We come together for an experiential leadership training where you learn communication skills and conflict resolution skills decision-making meeting management Management, um, there's a lot of team building that goes into it and you really get to know people um, kind of on a holistic level all kinds of things about them and it's not just about who they are as professionals but who they are in their personal life and you really build the basis kind of that solid foundation for a true working relationship and that trust going forward and the trust is just critical to everything
1: And you come back and do it again the next year.
0: Yeah, we do it every year.
1: I remember my first one. Yeah. It was eight years ago in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I remember my team members. They're still part of my team, No Delta. Yeah. Those of you (laughs) who are on my team remember it well. You remember that.
0: I remember, yeah. And I was going
1: through a tough time, a little bump in the road for my personal life, and we were laying out our, our personal lives, and I got to know not only my fellow members, but members of industry. And it really cemented my relationship and friendship. It's a rare opportunity. You know, one thing we were talking about is the members also. <clears throat> I'd like you to uh, let everybody know about how much money these members get paid to attend all these, these uh, things. Or give us or a little volunteers. feel for it. Or the, the volunteers. the volunteers. That's what I mean. Give nothing. Us a f- yes, nothing. that's right. Nothing. <laughs>
0: nothing. Yeah, so
1: give us a little flavor of what you were telling me about the volunteerism and the commitment.
0: Yeah. You know i i always say um we are incredibly blessed and i tell the staff this all the time we're incredibly blessed that we work with volunteer leadership who are so present and engaged and passionate and love our organization and want to serve our membership Uh, i think generally people don't understand the time commitment that takes and the energy the mental energy and all that it really requires to come together and run an organization. We as staff, we're here to support our members. This organization is owned by our members. We're just the fortunate ones to have an opportunity to serve the members right now. So I think the fact that people give of themselves and their evenings and their weekends and they travel and it's, it's innumerable number of hours they commit to the organization to move us forward. It's, a, it's an amazing gift that we have. It
1: really is. It's a band of volunteers that are so committed it's, and uh, obviously you and your staff facilitate all of it, but those members who are involved, uh, they volunteer and they give so much of their time and efforts. Yeah. And How would you describe the organization as far as the goals? What is, what is the purpose of the Aesthetic Society from your point of view?
0: Oh, well, the purpose of the organization really at the the core is that clinical education or really that education as a whole, and we deliver that in a whole variety of ways. So, um, of course, you know, the meetings have always been a staple of our organization, but we're adopting uh, technology, and technology is a huge part of our world today. Mm-hmm. And whether the meetings now are face-to-face or virtual, we're becoming very adept at the virtual side of things these days out of necessity. But then there's other ways we're leveraging technology. We have our aesthetic neural network. We're collecting data and providing benchmarking data back to our members so they can benchmark their practice. Mm-hmm. which is a, another educational tool that we have. Uh, we have Radar, which has a digital version of our journals as well as videos and a lot of practice management materials as well. And then the more exciting thing we have coming up really is in service of both our members and our patients, and that's Aesthetic One, and that's our new patient app that's coming um, and we're just starting our beta testing now. And that's really came out of the FDA hearings last mm-hmm. year and wanting to serve patients in terms of uh, their breast implants and making sure they have all of the information they need to make an informed decision. As well as a digital, this uh, app will provide a digital um, record of their, their breast implant, So they have that on the app as well as serving as a communication tool. So we're very excited about that and working with our partners at Anzu Medical to make that a reality. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and you were a big part of that.
1: Yes, I was uh, as the past president during those times. yeah, I uh, yeah, certainly supported those initiatives and the, the FDA hearings were quite an honor for me yeah. and a privilege. You know, obviously what it is is we're about patient education and patient safety through education of the doctors. And sharing the information it's all about improving the patient experience and that's the commitment and the end the the end goal really is Improving the safety and the outcomes for patients
0: and really if our focus is on education and patient safety You know that Mm -hmm. that really is our guiding light.
1: Absolutely. That is the light Mm -hmm. right there now, one of the things we were talking about earlier is when your early days, when you were reviewing applications for doctors to give talks at the annual meetings, and yeah. you mentioned going through files and looking at uh, printed photographs on paper and yeah. applications written by hand or typewriters and so forth yeah. in those early days. And I'd like you to just reflect a little bit of what you've seen in those twenty-four years in terms of just think of where you were when you started and where we are now. You just commented about radar and ANZU and and all the things, and you gotta fast forward to where we are now, but could you give us a little feel of flavor, especially for the younger people listening and watching today. What was it like and how did we get here?
0: Yeah, abstract submission used to be on paper and the the photos were mounted on on kind of a cardboard and, and doctors all mailed everything in in these packets and I think they had to send in six copies of their abstract plus for the report, reviewers probably. for the reviewers and we would put them in binders and chip out the binders for the review process. Um, at that time when I started at the aesthetic society, we had one computer. Oh my. One computer that had and and we weren't even really using email at the time, but we had one computer and everybody else had dummy terminals at our desk and we worked on a DOS-based system. So Is it
1: true you rode dinosaurs to work? Uh, yeah, practically. <laughs> I
0: think so. Uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So well, when I think back, we've come a long way. And the slide trays, you know, I remember well, the, the, carousels. The, doctor, the carousels, the big Absolutely. stacks of carousels and all of that. And, you know, the big change to having our presenters go to PowerPoint. That was a huge you know, that's right. That transition. Push, I that was transition. a part of that. I remember. That transition was huge. That was
1: difficult. That was painful for some of our painful. old guard.
0: Yeah, very painful. So we've come a long way, baby. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> So speaking of our old guard, can you share any funny stories with us? Maybe oh, people that are here, people aren't here. Did. Any funny stories? Yeah. You've worked with a lot of crazy plastic surgeons.
0: Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's um, I would say my role is really ego management, if I can put it down into two words. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stories. I think I'll write a book maybe after I retire and I I can share a lot of those things. Um, Always a lot of wonderful stories. I think interesting because because this ties in a little bit with your history of, of marketing and your passion for business and marketing, is when I think back on some of the things that I heard back in the day in terms of marketing, like, opening the telephone book and underlining your name in the telephone book so that if somebody's at a hospital, you know, they would see that name underlined. That was early marketing things. Yes. And now you, you think of some of those things and that evolution that's happened. Um, it's really, those are some of the things when I think about what we used to do back in the day or what our members used yeah, to do the day. What our day.
1: leaders thought about those of us who were at, uh, at the forefront of yeah. some of the digital marketing. I can remember Dr. Zeran Professor Emeritus from UCLA and one of my professors and best friends telling me uh, patients will never find a doctor on a computer. And when he was telling me to to stop my websites back in the uh, 94, 95. Yeah. Uh, There's been a lot of changes for sure. A lot of
0: changes. A lot of change. And now this fall, the Aesthetic Society, we're, we're going to be launching our brand new website, which is going to be more robust more functionality. We're really going to elevate our brand of aesthetic plastic surgeons and uh, really promote them as a superior choice for consumers. So we're excited about that. Every member is going to have a full profile. So it's going to be a very robust site. So we definitely come a long way in terms of that. That was one of my goals of my presidency.
1: And it's taken three years to do it. And uh, I'm so proud of the new website. And it's It's so approachable, and it's education as well as marketing, as well as promotion for the doctors, and so forth. So you've certainly seen a lot. And one of your roles, I know, because I personally uh, uh, enjoyed that role, was to to manage the presidents, and manage the president-elects, and so forth. And uh, I'd just like you to let the, uh, our listeners and watchers know a little bit about what that looks like for you because you're sure. an absolute pro at it.
0: Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have a new boss every year. <laughs> so if, if people stop and think about that, it's a new personality, it's a new, um, uh, maybe a little bit of a different focus, a change in how somebody works style, how they wanna work, how they wanna communicate. So every year I'm very adaptable to whatever that is with that particular individual. Um, I love being uh, the person behind the scenes to kind of guide and offer advice. And um, I don't need to be the person who's front and center. I like being that person who, who can kind of help. And I can, I've watched, I can watch the leadership evolve over their time on a board and when they come up through the chairs and then they get to serve as president, it's a whole watching that evolution of someone's leadership style and really coming into their own when they have an opportunity to serve as president. And my role is really to support that mm-hmm. and to help them really uh, be successful at that. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, I get great joy from that. And I take that, that trust that the leaders have in me, I, I cherish that, I guard that, and um, all of my recommendations and suggestions are all with the member's best interest at heart.
1: That's right. Well, I want to thank you for all the efforts you expended and, and gave me during my presidency and before yeah. the presidency and since. And we all appreciate it so much. All
0: right. Thank you. I, um, so, uh, you we know, couldn't it's... do
1: it without you. I know that yeah. for a fact. Wow. And uh, you know. your influence on all of us, on the executive committee, and on, on the board, and certainly as presidents, uh, is so invaluable.
0: Well, thank you. I, 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 um, I'm honored that I get to serve in that capacity. It's great. Well, you it's do a wonderful. great job Anna. it. Thank you.
1: I'd like to change now and turn my attention to. You've seen so many plastic surgeons come through, twenty-four years. What advice would you have for young plastic surgeons watching this, or residents or fellows, or in their first five, ten years of practice, maybe? What advice yeah. would you have for them?
0: Oh wow! You know. Um, Keep your patients as your focal point and service to your patients and really providing that ultimate patient care. I, in terms of seeing success with our members, I think um, uh, those who keep up with the education, keep up with the innovation, deliver a superior patient care, um, the word of mouth, the power of word of mouth is still the strongest marketing tool. And I think if you can keep that focus on that patient care, that's gonna help you succeed. Um, from an organizational standpoint of course I'm I'm selfish I'd love to get everybody very involved with the organization Mm -hmm. and I think when you develop those relationships with people from around the world that those people become kind of your go-to source to be your support system moving forward as you move into practice Um, if you choose solo practice it can be lonely at times and maybe you don't want to call a colleague down the street you want to call a colleague across the country And if you can get involved in an organization and get to know people on that real personal level where you can have that network of people that you can reach out to to help support you during the good times and the challenging times in your practice, Mm -hmm. it's gold. It's really gold.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Those are very wise words. That advice is is, uh, uh, excellent. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for Um, having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you frequently, hopefully at this post-COVID world. In fact, yeah. do you have any comments about the post-COVID COVID world? How's that going to look for ASAPs? Uh, I don't
0: know. You know, we're, we'll keep focused on our mission, our educational mission, how we deliver that is going to be different, just in different ways. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, there's, a, there's an opportunity here, too. You know, in crisis comes a sense of freedom to try new things and mm-hmm. maybe things we wouldn't dare to try in the past. Yes. So we're talking about all kinds of different things for the organization. And certainly with our new brand as the Aesthetic Society, you know, we may have an opportunity to be a little more inclusive. We certainly want to be more inclusive of our member staff and what that could mean in terms of education and delivery of information and knowledge that they need Mm -hmm. to help support the whole aesthetic care team. And I think if we can support our members and their team members, that's gonna make a more robust organization, uh, build that sense of community, we'll be successful going forward.
1: Well, I'm very excited looking to the future. Bright future. Very bright future. The best is yet to come.
0: It is, absolutely. Well, thank you
1: very much. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us at the Technology of Beauty. We'll see you soon.